Pimelo Mutine on SAFM. So on the 10th of December marks 24 years since the Constitution of the Republic of South Africa was signed into law by a very first democratically elected president, Nelson Mandela, in Sharpville. And uh, to celebrate this massive milestone, Luando Klaso is constitutional lawyer and author of the book Made in South Africa and content curator for the Constitution Hill Trust. Luando, thank you so much for making the time to talk to us. Good afternoon. Afternoon, and thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. You know, it is said that this milestone should be met with a sense of collective national introspective introspection on the journey that this country has has embarked on twenty four years earlier. Just when you work on on this constitution, because you are based at the Constitutional Hill, what kind of connection do you think our constitution has with the country's people, citizens? You know, I think, unfortunately right now, I think there's a bit of a disconnection. Mm. And I think on a practical level, that's due to the fact that not everyone, you know, has access to the constitution. It's not a readily available document. And it's not a... um, a document that we discuss in our everyday lives. Mm. But there is an interest in it because, you know, in the last couple of years with the rise of, you know, um, public sort of hearings, constitutional court hearings on television, a lot of people want to be in on the discussion. They want to understand what is happening. They want to understand the president's powers, you know, uh, when ministers can be fired, when presidents can be impeached, and all that kind of stuff that is actually set out in a constitution and easily, you know, um, explained. And I think that there is a yearning for people to understand, you know, uh, practically how a constitution works, but also I think what is needed to forge some kind of connection between, a stronger connection between the people and the document is for people to understand its history. Mm -hmm. And for me, that's where the power of the constitution lies is that I always refer to it as a ceasefire document. It's a product of a war mm. that raged on for centuries or even, you know, depending on where you start on the timeline for decades. Mm. And a lot of people dedicated their lives to a realization of having a document that will certify that all of us are equal, um, that all of us, you know, have freedom and dignity and are inherently worthy of having basic human rights. Mm. And I think for me, when you understand that, that this was something that was fought for and why, I think, you know, it really makes you appreciate it even more. Mm-hmm. So, not uh, just a document. Sure. Know? And apart from its very powerful history, as you said, and the work that you do at the Constitutional Hill Trust, mm-hmm. I want us to all talk about how each and every single one of us, because the Constitution should be a living document. How are we going to be challenged to make it live in us, each and every single one of us, and not leave that work to, for instance, the trust um, which you are part of? Yeah, you know, funny this weekend. So um, we have a page dedicated to the story of the Constitution. It's called We the People South Africa on Facebook. Mm. And we posted, you know, a graphic um, sort of an image of, um, you know, the 24th sort of anniversary. Mm. And it was interesting because someone commented and said, you know, the the Constitution um, has such noble sentiments, but the government is fading and applying them. 
Mm. And for me, you know, I was a little bit disheartened mm. because I think we've become a society that um, looks to government to, mm. you know, I, I think they are obligated. The government is obligated to deliver services, to act in an ethical manner and to ensure, you know, that the rights that are embodied in the Constitution are actually you know, um, animated and they're real and people feel the protection of the Constitution. But there's been this shift from the collective power of the people to sort of this resignation and awaiting, and awaiting for the government mm. to show up, mm. you know, waiting for the government to comply with the, with the Constitution. And for me, you know, from that response, I could tell that the person does not see themselves mm as someone who's also tasked with the responsibility of making the constitution real in whichever way that he can. Not mm. all of us have the means, mm-hmm. but all of us can do something. We can, at the very least, embody the spirit of the constitution, even if in, in a material term, we don't have the means of ensuring that, you know, the rights that are in the constitution are real for everyone. But just in terms of how we conduct ourselves, just in terms of how we interact with our fellow citizens, You know, just in terms of how we speak about our country and what we want for our country, I think we're so used to being on the defense Mm. against government Mm. that we've forgotten that the the Constitution articulates a vision for something, Mm. that we're supposed to be working towards something. And I think that um, when we look at the tradition that we've come from in terms of our history, that, you know, under the most improbable conditions, people were able to achieve so much. And actually, the inheritance that we have is this constitution. Now, the next leg of the race is that it's up to us to make sure that it is a real thing. That yeah. It's a real thing that people feel and experience, and it's not just words on a parchment of paper. Mm. So I think it doesn't happen only if government does its part. Mm. So that even if the government did everything right, as citizens, we also need to play a part, you know, because that's how we got the constitution in the first place. Mm. It's from the people. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, you, you, you couldn't have said it better. It, it belongs to all of us. And so we are all supposed to be custodians of this. And I think what, what needs to happen is the challenge to all of us is how do we then introduce it to our growing children so that we don't have to have this conversation 20 years from now? You know what I'm saying? So yeah. that they grow up knowing that they're custodians of this constitution. Let's talk about some of the wonderful things that you've done to commemorate 24 years of this constitution. Yeah, I think one of our, our, our biggest sort of achievements for this year um, as uh, Constitution Hill is that we uh, have been working, actually the past three years, we've been working on an exhibition, an online exhibition that people can access that tells the story of the Constitution. Yes. It's called ourconstitution.constitutionhill.org.za. You know, it was part of a realization of a dream that we all have that we want to actually have a physical museum that people can visit Mm. and actually learn the story of the Constitution, learn the the history of the law, and learn how we actually negotiated our Constitution. Because in as much as our Constitution has a long history, you know, I think the more immediate history of the 1990s, a lot of people can't talk to that history with confidence. Mm. They don't know what happened at the World Trade Center. Mm. You know, they make assumptions. Mm. They like attributing positions and, and all kinds of things to the people who were in the room, calling people like Nelson Mandela a, sell, a sellout when they actually don't know what happened in there. And I think part of our, you know, our motivation as a Constitution Health Trust is how do we take this history and make it accessible, right? Because I can tell you that 
being, you know, trained as an attorney, having practiced at big law firms, and now moving into this direction of, you know, pause, let's find out what came before. Mm. You know, I'm a constitutional lawyer, but how did we get this constitution? Mm. It is a very transformative experience to learn that history. Mm. You know, you, you look at that document as really as an inheritance, you have a sense of urgency about how do you contribute. You know, a lot of people will say, if it was still a party today, you know, would I have been as brave as Winnie Mandela or whoever that person's hero is? Mm-hmm. That is still the question today. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we don't have freedom. People are, you know, they think just because we have a constitution, we have freedom. No, we have to work constantly every day. Yeah. You know, at ensuring that freedom is a real thing for everyone. So the struggle didn't end in 1994. It continues today, but it continues under much better conditions because we have a constitution. So I think part of, you know, our big achievement is creating this online exhibition. And our biggest hope is that it can be a teaching resource. Mm whether it's within family spaces or more importantly in schools for people to access it. It has an amazing archive. You know, we try to be creative in how we present this rich content. We have illustrations, we have videos, we have all kinds of things, and we'll continue adding to it. But we need to see that the people are using this resource so we're able to raise money to make sure that it keeps getting dynamic Mm -hmm. and interesting. So I think that's the first thing that we've done. And um, that goes to our knowledge work. Mm. And then in terms of just celebration, we've just realized that people don't know the words to the preamble. They know, you know, the, the preamble to the Constitution mm-hmm. is the first page mm-hmm. that you see when you open your Constitution. Mm-hmm. It's a poetic document, whereas the rest of the document is, you know, rights and responsibilities and that kind of thing. And the preamble, if, if you're listening and you've never read it, try and find it. Because even the story behind how that preamble was written and who wrote it and all the different contributing political parties to one vision for South Africa, it's amazing that people were able to, you know, hammer out from, mm. you know, different visions, mm. one vision for a country and it's embodied in that preamble. When you want to know as South Africans what we are working towards, that's it. It's set out yeah. in those words. And I think part of uh, our mission has to has been about making sure that the mission statement of the country is well known by people, mm. right? And one of the ways that we did that is that with the help of the Global Youth Choir, we were able to bring the, the preamble to life, you know, through a musical rendition of it. And mm. we're hoping, you know, Trevor, uh, I'm hoping that your radio station can play it. <laughs> On Thursday, you know, um, play the Global Choir, Youth Choir rendition of the preamble. It's it's, it's moving and it's an easy way to listen no no Londo, we really will because i think for for what we are, what we are all challenged to do which is what you are, are starting to do scratching at the surface of making funch, fun, functional history history that we can live with on a day-to-day basis and that is it goes goes a long way in in just reminding us who we are and culturally inserting the constitution into our daily experiences i love that i also though love the fact that and this is what i'm going to do so you have these wonderful limited edition postcards that you have uh, in commemorating 24 years of the constitution they for me are going to be my christmas cards that's what i'm going ah, to do that's such a lovely idea i didn't think of it that way yeah so um, that's amazing <laughs> thank you so much so 
for the exhibition that I was talking about on our constitution, constitutionhill.org.za, mm. you know, one of the things that we're passionate about is using young South African creators. Mm. You know, the story of the constitution doesn't just have to be words and text and boring. Mm. It can really come alive in terms of images. And we worked with seven illustrators, Usinduso Nyoni, Ndumiso Nyoni, and... Um, Ukaya Mchali, Octavia Roet, Zinka Zulu, and Nina Tor. I hope I haven't butchered any of their names. <laughs> and um, they are amazing, amazing, talented, mm-hmm. young illustrators. And they came to this project with the right heart. Mm-hmm. You know, young South Africans who are not familiar with this history, are not familiar with the Constitution. But we said to them, we have 27 rights in the Bill of Rights in Chapter 2 of the Constitution. Mm-hmm. Visually, how would you represent these rights? Mm-hmm. And all of them, you know, we had meetings with them to sort of give them some background. And from my constitutional law perspective, give them legally what the understanding and the workings of the Bill of Rights are. And we, we, we came up with an image of a constellation that the Bill of Rights don't have a hierarchy, but they're all interconnected. One doesn't work if the other one doesn't work. Mm. And uh, within that constellation, then they were able to fill in their own in, you know, imaginings of what each right could look yeah. like. Yeah. These are beautiful, beautiful illustrations. And what we've done to commemorate the anniversary is we've created postcards. On the one side, you see the artist's name and their illustration and what right is represented. And then on the reverse side, you see the preambles. And it's an easy easy way for people to access the preamble. Mm. And there's a URL for the website where you can go to learn more on the exhibition. Mm. And, you know, these are a keepsake. We hope that... uh, People will try and collect all 27 of them. And you can collect them by getting this week's Daily Maverick newspaper at your selected pick-and-pay stores. But um, for sure, for sure, you can collect them by coming to Constitution Hill, booking a tour. And just by booking a tour, uh, you will be able, you will get your your 27 uh, postcards. So hopefully, you know, you'll get your 27, but we've printed enough that, you know, a good number of people will be able to have those with them and have access to the preamble and perhaps give them to others as well. Yeah. You know, uh, Londo, there there needs to be room for the debate that's ongoing, um, whether, you know, it is based in fact on or not because I think mm-hmm. when we open that up we can then correct people who don't have the facts as you said what happened um, all those many years ago some people have made assumptions about things that they don't know w- what do you say to those conversations being made available those debates around should we change the constitution should we amend the constitution um, do you think there's more room for those conversations I know that yeah. you had embarked on post- postca- a podcast can we yeah. look forward to more of that kind of engagement yeah, I think for me that is a sign of a maturing and thriving constitutional democracy. Mm. People who don't just inherit something without questioning it. I think that, um, you know, do your homework. And if you feel that the constitution is not quite there yet, then that's the next struggle of how do we get it even more perfect uh, than uh, what it is. And I think that, um, you know, part of the problem right now is those debates are uninformed and mm. uninformed at such a basic level that people debate the constitution mm. without even reading it and they rely on other people's interpretations as as to what it says. Mm. Like for instance, people were under the impression that the constitution requires that, you know, if you expropriate land that you have to pay market value. Mm. 
and that's not what the constitution says mm-hmm. but you know the whole market value thing became almost like people were adamant that's what the constitution says and if you go to section 25 and you read it for yourself and luckily the drafters of the constitution wrote it in a way that it could be easily understandable you know they really tried to pare down the language and i think that we can have that debate it just needs to be informed we need to do our historical work and i don't think we should be too precious you know about mm. the constitution that we get frightened every time someone wants to change something mm-hmm. you know um i think that even even if we think that maybe the vision and the preamble is not sufficient and we want to add to it you know um first of all we need to know what needs to happen before we can change a constitution yeah. it's not easy yeah. we don't even know the rules in which we are operating in you know yeah. so i think for me the more conversations and debates we have the closer and more of an intimate relationship people will have with the constitution because they will be engaging it and we can't do that unless every single person has a constitution and if there's any ceo of some big corporate with funds for us to print the constitution for everyone especially giving it out of school mm. you know mm. as a lawyer I've always had one since mm. university mm. I still have my one that I, the I small had little pocket book <laughs> yeah and it would be nice for children to just always have had a constitution since primary school and yeah. it's got dog ears and, and you know flags <laughs> and all sorts of things and it's highlighted and underlined to show that they are engaging it and that they know what they're talking about when they make certain mm-hmm. proposals on how a constitution should be changed. Mm-hmm. So for me, I do encourage that. And that is the basis of the exhibition. We do say on the exhibition, make your contribution. Tell us your story. Share your opinion. You know, engage with this. We're not just presenting it for people to just look at it and admire it. We want people to be skeptical, be questioning, and, uh, yeah, London, be inquiring. Uh, there's a quick voice note I want us to play before we say goodbye. Mm-hmm. Good, good afternoon, Pamela. Uh, thanks for having the lady who speaks about the constitution. But my question is, why are they no longer uh, providing the constitution um, as a free document? Because I remember back in the ages of 98, or even before that, uh, we used to find these booklets, uh, the constitution, they were almost like everywhere. But now it's difficult to find it. Why is the constitution not easily available? And then secondly, um, I just wish that our government introduces um, the study of the constitution, our government, specifically Department of Education, maybe in a basic form that uh, uh, learners at school would learn and understand the constitution from a very young age. Thank you. Let's take a quick break. I'll be back with you, Lando, for a response for that voice note. Life, life happens with Pimelo Motine. Londo Kaso is a constitutional lawyer, author of Made in South Africa and content curator for the Constitution Hill Trust. We're really just uh, commemorating 24 years of our constitution. And uh, we had a voice note before we went to the break. Londo, I think just briefly, uh, access to the booklet, as you say, we, I remember a booklet, but access to the constitution, the, the gentleman who sent a voice note saying, well, it's not readily available and why are we not teaching it at schools? It's a mystery why it's not readily available, and that's why through private initiatives we're going to try and get some kind of reprinting happening. And then with schools, I think we're confident that with the resource that we've created, we would really love to partner with the government, and we are starting those talks, especially uh, the Department of Basic Education and Arts and Culture, 
because they art and culture has actually been involved in the making of this exhibition and now it's about how do we take it to schools and also using other organizations that support schools which are not necessarily you know um department of education driven but who pump resources into public schools and to how we can get the exhibition there so i think there's a lot of work that we plan to do in 2021 and if anyone wants to support this work they can email us at info at constitution hill trust if you have any ideas and you want to make suggestions or work with us please let me know and then the other thing is that uh, before i forget constitution hill is free for the public from the 10th of december which is the birthday of the constitution till the 10th of january and that's where people can then go and get their postcards go on a tour and have a family outing mm-hmm. you know for free considering how hard times are mm. you know and people can't afford to do certain things so yeah. Um, that's open that's for great. you. Thank you so much, Londo. Thank you very, very much for that. And I will spread uh, the word and make sure that people know how to book because you do need to book to get entry, um, especially because of COVID-19. Londo Klasso is constitutional lawyer and author of Made in South Africa and content curator for the Constitutional Hill Trust. It is open between the 10th of December to the 10th of January for free. It doesn't mean that it's closed any other time, except that for South Africans, between the 10th of December to the 10th of January, January, you can go in there for free.